Hi, this is Deidre Drake, and I'm back today to do another five author question set. And today the questions are about my work environment, when I like to write, cutscenes, next series plans, and timelines for book two. If none of that sounds interesting, then maybe you should drop me a message and ask me a question that you do want to know the answer to. So the first question is from Gina on Facebook, and she says, On TV, sometimes writers are very messy, and sometimes they're very neat. What is your writing space like? Well, on that scale, I'm definitely on the messy side. I've got little stacks of chaos all around me that contain various things that are loosely categorized. Books here that mean something for some project for work, Papers on this side that are my personal mail. Papers on this other side that are work-related. Just generally organized chaos. Chris, with a K, from Twitter asks, Do you do the early 5 a.m. writers thing, or are you a late-night writer? That sounds funny, doesn't it? Late-night writer. I actually do much better at my writing very early in the morning, which is odd. Because I take so much coffee to gain clarity, typically. But with writing, I can just sort of fall right into it. I can write at night. I just tend to be more tired by then, and my writing is going to go at a slower pace. Henry emailed to ask, Do you cut a lot of scenes from your books? If you cut something from the first book, can you tell us what it was? Um, no, I don't cut a lot of scenes from my books. My books actually are fairly close to how they come out of me the first time, not including basic grammar, wording editing things. I'm on my fourth book, and I've yet to have any serious structural edits or changes needed. As far as what comes out, one of the things that gets removed more than anything or reworded to be much more toned down would be the sex scenes. Since my primary audiences are fantasy readers and historical romance readers, there is room for some sex, but not as much as I write. And I also leave out a lot of things that I want to write to begin with, just not writing it at all, so it's never removed. So it's just sort of author self-censoring. I just skip over it because I don't want to turn the book into erotica when they're categorized for a more mainstream audience, or because they're Topics that are complicated for modern readers, despite the historical accuracy. For example, uh, the gods and non-human species don't suffer from genetic decay via incest. They're a different species. It's not included in their stories, just generally not a part of the world. So there's a lot of close mixing in real Greek mythology, for example, and real mythology all over the place. And it's not taboo within mythology. Yet, those things are incredibly taboo in our culture, so I have to compromise on some of those things, leaving out aspects that I know would be involved, because I don't want to push the boundaries to the point of breaking them. As it is, it's challenging enough for people to adapt to polyamorous bisexual beings as a norm. I was actually joking just the other night that I I may end up writing all those scenes down in some sort of after-dark, author-centered kind of book that, you know, includes all these scenes that didn't make it into the main story. All right. So Linda 
emailed me and she says, do you have any new series planned to be written after you finish with the elves? Well, I have a long way to go with the elves. Only one of those books is even out, despite having more written, and I would like to consider taking a deep dive into some of the characters. For instance, Jarl, my Viking king, is a fairly well-liked character, and I've considered doing a trilogy on his life because he's so old. I've also considered doing a standalone on Mitchell and his early years because he's the favored golden child of the series. And maybe with some of the other characters, but this question was actually about other series, so I guess we're talking about outside of the elf story. The answer to that is also a yes. I have been considering writing another series after this one, which would be very different. A high fantasy dragon realm. And it would be tied into this one, or could be tied into this one, via the realm travel construct, if I decide to go down that road. I'll certainly let you know as I head that direction, but that's a long way off. Okay, my last question is from Rodisha, who asks, You have talked about your new book in the newsletter, and we got a snippet that was historical. The first book was all in the present. Can you tell us more about the time difference in the next book? Okay, this is a really good thing to talk about, because there are big differences in tone and approach in book two. Which, by the by, I am finally calling book two. It's taken me a while to stop calling it 1.5 and to start calling the original book two, now book three. But I'm slowly getting there. Okay, back to the question. Book two is going to focus a great deal on everything that takes place in the two-year time frame between book one and book three. At the end of book one, There are a lot of major changes to the lives of the elves and the gods that we've met, and part of book one was also really just setting the scene, introducing some of the main important characters, explaining the storyline, showing the ways and the times in which I was going to merge this with known mythology. Now book two takes that period of adaptation and really explores the internal struggles that each of our characters we meet from the first book are going through. Obviously, there are other things going on in the world around them. They're not living in a vacuum. But largely, it's about the way in which the characters need to find out how to personally adapt. Uh, Picking up a few months after the ending events of book one, the characters are largely still trying to sort through some major emotional things. Some of them are angry at each other. Some are sad. Some are feeling jealous. Others are feeling conflicted. There's a lot of growth going on. For example, Raymond and Christopher are spending a lot of time in training, but also Priscilla is working on learning more about how to control her abilities. The historical aspect is something of an experiment in a way. It's a parallel thread that runs through the book, and it's not presented in a connected way. So this isn't a flashback, nor is it something being discussed in conversation. There's no time travel or anything like that going on. The reason we're seeing the historical thread is purely as a storyline that the reader gets to experience alongside 
this introspective journey the characters are taking. This is something the narrator is showing you as the reader. Some of the things in this historical story explain why they are who they are in the future. However, as the story plays out, and being that that is in the third person and without a connecting thread to that historical sign, this story that was just for the reader, um, because in the future books, unless that history was actually brought out in conversation, it's probably not being mentioned, but the reader knows about it. So when it's, it's an experiment with pulling back the curtain and letting you see just a bit of why they are who they are. Thus far, my early readers like it, so we'll see how everyone feels about it later. So that was the five questions. That actually took less time than last time. Hopefully that answered something you were curious about. If you have any more questions for me, feel free to drop them in my email at deidredrake at gmail.com or hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can message me by going to deidredrake.com and visiting my contact page. Remember that Deidre is spelled D-I-E, like the thing you do before getting buried. All right. I may have something a little different next time, or I may do more questions. We'll see how this turns out. Thanks for listening.